Hello everyone out there in podcast land. This is one of your hosts, Severin Henderson and Ambrosia. And we're back with another episode of the original Designated Drinkers. OGDD. OGDD, yes, I love it. The podcast where we dive deep into drinking one libation at a time. And today's podcast is brought to you by Right B Cider with our guest, Charlie Davis. Charlie, how are you? I am doing pretty good. How about yourself? I am doing excellent today. Um, happy to be here. Happy to get the opportunity for all that you're going to show us today. Um, so, oh, that's something else. Uh, so let's just talk and start off the whole podcast. Usually how we it go. It turns out I brought you another cider. Uh, I, I'm with that. I love cider. Cider <laughs> I've, I've Fucks with fruit. Cider is life. Um, I'm definitely with that. So, with that being said, Charlie, you are here to bring us some extra cider from... You get We have three different ones to try. And with that being said, I didn't really read your bio because I'm trying to be super curious and learn more about the guests, so I don't want to dive too deep into reading about you, but... Um, I just met you tonight. Introduce yourself to us a little bit more, if you wouldn't mind. Sure thing. I, my name is Charlie Davis. I'm the co-founder of Right Bee Cider, located right here in Chicago on the northwest side in Hermosa. Ooh, co-founder. I'm with that. Yes, sir. Like it's that. me and my wife. It's called Right Bee Cider because it sounds like right beside her. I need you to tell <gasps> the story. It's, wow, it's, that is it's a dope. disgustingly adorable. I would say... A honey kind of viscosity on how sweet it is. Yes, dripping with sweetness. Um, so my, my background is in, in beer brewing, and we can go more into that later. But I was a professional brewer before I delved into cider making. And when I met my wife, I found out she didn't drink uh, beer. She just drank cider. So Shut up. Yeah, so I uh, I had to learn how to make cider. I started dabbling, and I made a cider for her for her birthday one year. And after that, she felt obligated to start dating me. Oh, um, no, this was before y'all got together? Yeah, we were friends for a while. We, we were friends for at least a year before we started dating. And so we were, we were talking, and, um, you know, I, I thought I was in the friend zone. Um but I got out of the friend zone because I made her a cider. And <laughs> look at that. So, I, hey, if you're listening to this podcast, which you certainly should be, if you need to kind of get out there friend zone, make something that the woman that you're trying to get at likes. Yeah, yeah. Or the be man creative. that you're trying to get at likes. Yeah. Either way it goes, the person you're trying to get Just at Just take care likes. And listen to what just listen. listen, just yeah. listen. Yeah, she. Yeah, my wife to this day thinks I I'm not listening, but I usually um, am. you get the listening car for life at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a whole company behind you. For, yeah, yeah, for the entire for the duration of you guys' relationship, which is hopefully hopefully forever. You get the listening award because she yeah. said, oh, I don't drink beer. Well, let me make this cider for you. Yeah. yeah. She would tell you that this is the last romantic thing that I ever did. But, you know, I like, I disagree. Well, with two kids, it's. <laughs> yes, yes. It's hard to get that, get that in there. But yeah. I have faith in you. Yeah. 
I, I like to one, think I'm a thoughtful person. It's the time that counts. Yeah. To count it. I'm with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, we, we broke you up from your story. So you made your wife a cider and keep going, please. Yeah. So we started dating shortly thereafter and we were already pretty good friends at that point. And, um, after we started dating, we got engaged like eight months after we started dating. That's mm-hmm. like lesbian speed. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I didn't know that lesbians got engaged. At I've a never heard that before either. Rate. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I'm alone today. Uh, but so my best friends have their wedding anniversary today. It's three years, which is basically like a hundred years in lesbian. Wow. I didn't know their time. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Uh, the I producer is smiling and nodding because, uh, yeah, that's a thing. I'll, oh. I'll educate you guys after this. This is neither here nor there, but sure. yes. Okay, let's go. Y'all, you hauled. So we got engaged. Uh, I actually, uh, before we got engaged, I moved to Columbus to help start a brewery. So I was Columbus, Ohio? Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Sweet. Are you from Columbus? No, I'm from Cleveland, but I have friends and family that live in Columbus. Yeah, I I mean, I assume that everybody in Ohio knows each other. I do, too. Yeah. Uh, I (laughs) mean, I I feel the exact same way. Um, So we were dating long distance for a while, and she moved to Columbus, and we were there for about a year. And it was at the point where we were going through the polar vortex. Remember that, bad boy? Uh, it was December 2nd. I was actually <laughs> stuck in Bowling Green, Ohio. Ohio. Oh, okay. It was uh, 2013, December 2nd, mm-hmm. 2013 when that started, and I got stranded in Bowling Green, Ohio for three days. Yeah, so my my wife came home from work, and she her ear, her eyes started tearing up because it was so cold, and then her tears froze to her face. And she came back into our apartment and she was like, we got to get out of here. And I said, okay, so, you know, let's move to back Chicago. to Chicago. <laughs> and, that's what, and, and, and that's why I can't wait to get video for this podcast. Because if you saw my face, I'm like, so you moved to Chicago? Well, I think it was, you know, her her job at the time, she, she wasn't a fan of her job at the time. She's a nurse. nurse. Yeah, yeah, so... The hospital she was working at, she wasn't enjoying the time. I think some of her coworkers were not particularly nice or pleasant to be around. And I, I, I really enjoyed my job in Columbus, and I, I did a good job, but I, I felt like I was ready to take that next step. And I'd always, you know, dreamed, I guess, or, you know, had the intention to start my own business. It started out as starting my own brewery, but um, after meeting Katie, it turned into starting my own, our, our own cidery. Thank um, you, Katie. Yes. And so Katie had come up with this name right beside her, and she told me, you know, it's called Right Bee Cider. And I'm like, I, Ooh, I, I like that. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get it at first, and so she had to explain it to me in very you know, slow detail, slow details. So I could catch up. And so, yeah, we, you you know, know. they smarter than us. We we (laughs) always got a quicker, smarter, better looking. I I can confirm all of these things. We're just (laughs) here. Well, you have that amazing beard. So go hunt. 
uh, yeah, go go get them apples. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm the, they, this is actually one of the few times they let me out of the cidery is to, you know. I, I gave you a good excuse to get out yeah. of the cidery. And Sweet. you guys were silly enough to give me a microphone. So. No, I'm in. I call us silly. I'd call us smart as a fox. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to get out of work and any excuse. So I'm very happy that I could be part of your what excuse today. Sly as a fox. But we're smart. Yeah. Either way it goes. Keep but, going. It, but anyway, <laughs> we, we, I mean, from there, right there, I mean, we, Katie had a, sketched up a, a logo on a, it's actually the original logo is on the back of my head. Oh. Okay. I, I like remember it. that. I remember that. Yeah. Logo. So she, she sketched that out just on a little piece of paper, or, you know, a, the equivalent of a bar napkin type of thing. And mm-hmm. I just went into PowerPoint and I did like PowerPoint oval, PowerPoint stars, PowerPoint B, generic B text, <laughs> text. Yes. And that's how we came up with the original logo. And, uh, we rocked that baby for a few years. Um, when did you start? We started in 2014. So the fall of 2014, November 7th, uh, 2014, we delivered our first kegs to Patty Long's oh, R.I.P. Yeah. Happy pre-anniversary. Cause Thank I'm you. Gonna, by the time this comes out? By the time this comes out, it'll probably be the anniversary. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that'll be... Seven years? Seven years. Awesome. 2014. Yeah. 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 Seven years. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Patty Long's and Kaiser Tiger. First two accounts. So we, we had a sneak peek of our cider. Um, you know, it's really, uh, like terrifying putting yourself out there like that. And so we had our first, uh, sneak peek eased into it at Patty Long's. And then, uh, that, the next night, we had a big release party at Kaiser Tiger and ripped through some kegs, and it was a lot of fun. Congratulations. That's dope. That's yeah. what's up. Yeah, I guess I don't have the the, the scare thing. I My thing is more anxious for people to try it and tell me yay or nay. I'm like, throw it out there. Let's get it going. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there, there was that. I mean, it was like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then, yeah, then it's like on the menu, and you're like, oh, God, I hope people like that. Right, because if 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 it's on the menu and your name's behind it and somebody hates it, see, I gotta get there. That's that's what I'm saying. I have to. I was. uh, I have to produce something like that. It's it's a very bizarre experience, and I was actually with uh, Sam from Ancho, and we were at in DC, and uh, we went out to go talk about cider because I was opening up the cidery and et cetera, and he got ID'd. (laughs) <laughs> um, and it was the before f- you get too too far in the story. What is Ancho? Ancho is a cidery out of uh, Washington D.C. Okay, and they do a very traditional uh, wild fermentation, mostly Gold Rush uh, cider. Okay, and um, so I was out there giving a lecture about Calvados, and I was like, "Hey, uh, to full disclosure, I'm opening up a cidery. I'm going to be a cider maker. I need you to know that." And they were like. What do you need to know? What do you want? Mm-hmm. Anything that you need to know, we're all friends here. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I love about cider. And I will reiterate until the cows come home that cider friends are the best friends because we want more boats in the water to raise that level. We all want everyone to succeed and we all want cider to be at the forefront. So 
we went out to go talk about his how he keeps inventory and how he does keg rotation and all that really nerdy, boring shit. And he got ID'd for his cider. And he looked at me and he was like, this is the first time I've been ID'd. Now, I'm I was like, sorry. how do you feel right now? Another question. ID for a cider is what? I mean. You have to be 21 to drink alcohol. Well, no, I know that. And he got ID for having. I thought I he thought ordered you were his, talking about. He ordered a cider. Oh, he ordered his cider, and he got ID for the cider that he made at the. Okay, I got you. I thought it was like he was trying to sell the cider to him, and they ID'd him, and I he thought was that was like consume. bad etiquette. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry. No, uh, no, that was perfect. Thank you for explaining everything that I skip over. That's why. I, I absolutely adore you, but let's cheers to that. Yeah. And by cheersing to that, uh, what I mean to say is that like being ID'd for your own cider is a level that I haven't even reached oh, yet. It's, yeah, I, I don't know that I've reached that level either. Right. So, uh, so what are we drinking? Mm. So, this is our uh, barrel aged cider. It's aged in Chardonnay barrels, which are pretty neutral. They are neutral. And are they how big are they? These were the the big boys, a seventy gallon, you know. Yep. Um, so we had two barrels. One was just aged with our dry. The other one was aged with uh, our dry with uh, inoculated with Brett yeast. So we aged them for nine months, and then we blended them together. Added our rooftop honey to this one, and just to kind of balance a little bit of the acidity. And that's what you get here. So yeah, what's up? Question in the front. I've got many questions. Okay. First of all. I think that Sev has a question before I ask mine because mine's way more technical. My question is just to do my job. I just want to know when I can jump in and do my little. Yeah, gig. do that. Do that first. Part of part it's, of, it's everyone's favorite part of the segment. Part of part of the show. It's my favorite part because, well, at least we don't have anything foreign here, so I don't have to. I don't have any words to. I want you to read it in a Chicago accent. Destroy! I can't do that. This is a Chicago cider. I. Midwest is as far as you can get, and I'm black, so I can either talk like I'm from out west or out south, and that just well, means well, drawing out the vowels. Your Italian is horrible, so go ahead. I know it is. <laughs> um, so we have a big dark, seven hundred and fifty milliliter. Okay, seven hundred same size as a wine bottle. Wine bottle. Um, we have here. Right B Cider has a barrel on it, barrel age series, limited release, 6.0 alcohol by volume, 22 fluid liters, 750 milliliters. Um, we have the ingredients on the side. I won't get into that. What about the address? Can I read that off? Sure. Yeah, that's okay. where our tap room is. All right. <laughs> Produced by Right B, LLC, 1830 North Costner Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 60639. Um, we have another sticker on the side, right? B cider, dry cider, wild, fermented, and chardonnay oak barrel, sweetened with rooftop honey, just like my man just explained. Barrel age series, and it is very simple and it is very delicious. And we haven't gotten to the tasting notes yet, so I won't skip ahead. But this is um, one of my favorites so far, and I'm not just saying that because you're here. It's it's really really no, good. No, he's pretty honest. I have photos. <laughs> yeah. So well, do you, you. do you want to get into that or do you want to ask your questions first? Uh, my questions get 
stupid nerdy. Okay, so let's let's, let's pause let's, before yeah. we get that. Let's exactly. let's give a few tasting notes. So we already cheers. We toasted up. We looked at each other in the eye. We dropped a glass on the table just to for our fallen comrades. Um, smell smells like cider. Um, <laughs> What else do you get? I, I want. I the want color you to... is very Chardonnay. It 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 looks like Chardonnay. Like if somebody was walking around a party and they just had a wine glass of this, you couldn't tell it was. It would look like a white wine. Sure. Yeah. This is. It's nice when you age something for nine months. It definitely clears up. We don't filter any of our ciders, so I mean, this is as clear as it gets. And it's pretty clear. It's in and it's very light, it's very airy. It's I want tasting notes of specifically okay. specifically. Especially on the nose. I do not taste the honey, but I believe it's in there. I smell it more than I can taste it. So it smells like that that sweet the sweetest smell. Um it tastes like realistically it tastes like apples mixed with wine. And we put it together, and that's what we're having. And it's cold. But, like, what a, <laughs> what about the wine? Like, okay, so I'm going like, to run through a list. Ready? Okay. Ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All Give right. To me. Apple. Yes. Pear. Yes. Apricot. No. Plum. Maybe. Uh, blueberries. No. Raspberries. No. All right, I'm going to switch over. Okay. Uh, do you get roses? Yes. Violets? Yes. Uh, do you get vanilla? Not especially. Cinnamon? No. Allspice? No. Wet stones? <laughs> yes, I love it. You get wet stones? Yes. Okay. So, okay. Quartz? Because I'm thinking of, like, those dark rocks that you pick up trying to be skipping rocks, skipping stones, and <laughs> what they smell like is kind of, you know, what they taste like. So, yeah. Like earth, stones. it's like an earthiness. Yes. Yeah. Forest floor? No. Dried leaves? Wet, dry leaves. All right. So, like a fall wet day. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right. I get it. Leather? Suede. Suede. Uh, horse manure. Zero. Cow manure. No. Sheep manure. I don't know what that smells like. <laughs> Lemons. A little bit in the back. Limes. A little bit in the back. A little citrusy. Orange marmalade. Maybe. What about orange curd? That bitterness. Uh, a touch. And grapefruit? No. All right. So you can keep going and doing this. What about wet paper? I gave you wet leaves. That's enough. Leave me alone. So no wet paper. <laughs> That's a good thing. No, no wet paper. That's a great thing. Yeah, no. Wet leaves is kind of in there. But, but like I said, I can't taste the honey. And I would, if I was out buying, I would look like, oh, bees, honey, cider. Let me get it. You're, I'm getting it now at the end when I'm done with it. But I smelled it, and I didn't really get it at the front. Yeah, I mean, in, in this cider, it really, we don't want to take away from the the showcases that yeast, like that, you know, that funky bright yeast. Um, and the 
the honey, I get it too on the back end with some oak. Um, but it's definitely just meant to kind of be there to give a little body and a little complexity to the cider, not to take away from anything else. So, Right. And like I've said before, two things give body, alcohol content and sugar. Okay. You're going to get the honey in this one. I'm going to... I want to save that one for last. Sure. Um, Because you brought us a rosé as well, and I am not a fan of the rosés. Um, Have you had mine? Yes. We will see. <laughs> We're both so defensive on this. <laughs> yeah. We're like, Whoa, excuse man. me, have I you know. actually had rosé cider? So. Well, especially, yes. We're messing around with you in this podcast, I have had rosé cider, and... I, so if we, we play can, back the tape, it's not my favorite. Can um, we just talk about Rosé for a second, Charlie? Let's talk. Let's, sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so uh, the qu- let me go back really quick. You know I got a nerd out. Oh, I forgot. We, you had your questions to ask. Uh, yes. He tries to out. forget them. He really doesn't want no, to be a nerd. That's, I, that's the point of the show. Let's I get guess. it in. Okay. So you said Brett. Mm-hmm. Brett is Brettomyces. It is a bacteria that uses sugar and converts a lot of the processes in the fermentation. It is naturally occurring in beer. It does not naturally occur in cider because the sugar content doesn't last long enough for bretomyces in the process of secondary fermentation to hold. So adding bret is a way to do it, and you can do that uh, through many ways. Uh, so wh- what is Brettomyces to you, and why did you do that? Brettomyces uh, is just a way to get uh, that farmhouse flavor that you see in, like, the English styles and stuff like that, that uh, wild barnyard, you know, those flavors. Um, That's why I was asking about In Chicago, using, you know, it's apples that are available to us not you know cider where do you get your apples southwest michigan awesome and yeah. do you happen to know the varieties i know that it it varies throughout the year but i do know that you know the the five most common ones which would be like the ida golds uh mcintosh uh galas pink lady granny smith awesome yeah, yeah. Um, so nothing like mind blowing. A lot of things that you can find in your local grocery store, but which is awesome. Yeah, but they're you know there's our blend is super consistent. Uh, we do fight it later in the season. Uh, by fight it, I mean our fermentations don't go as smoothly. We need to make adjustments throughout the year. But uh, we've we've learned to roll with the punches, and finally, you know, we. We have something that is super consistent and, you know, we can really put our, our stamp on even, you know, yeah, with, with the American dessert varietals. So. Which is awesome for the consumer, one, because they're going to understand what your brand is. And two, awesome for you to be able to understand what the cider you're making is as well. That's a very nice way to to embrace American cider culture. Yeah, and I, I mean, coming from a brewing background, I 
like every other brewer went into it thinking, oh, this is easy. I'll just throw some yeast in there and it'll ferment and I don't have Call to do any of the day. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to do any of the hard stuff. Yeah. But uh, you learn pretty quickly that that's not the case. And therefore, like every other cider maker, the first couple of years of being a cider maker is the most uh, frustrating and demoralizing years of your career. So, <laughs> it doesn't um, get better. Yeah. It really um, doesn't. No, I mean, but but it, it has. I mean, it has. We, and I credit in large part uh, our current cider maker, Dave. Dave oh, shout out to Dave. Yeah. Uh, he has the patience that I do not, and God bless him. Um, we are good yin and yang. I'm go, 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 and he's, hold up. <laughs> we need to, we need to, you know. You got to let the apples do what they want to do. Hold yeah. up. You don't, (laughs) (laughs) it's, you don't, cider making is not a science like beer brewing is. It's, it's definitely letting the ciders do whatever the fuck (laughs) that they want to do. You know, and you do the best that you can to guide them. But the, yeah, I mean, it's not the beer, beer making is, or beer brewing rather is, uh, it's a recipe. Cider making is an art. Yeah, I would agree and disagree with that, though. I would say that, well, obviously it's an art. I mean, it's an art, but it becomes a craft. And if you know what the variables are, you can you can try to get, and this is not always the case, but you can try to get out in front of them, and you can try to compensate for them. And in that regard, it is a science. I mean, we look at everything from pH to, you know, the obvious things like pH and, and um sugar content but titratable acidity yeah and yeah and but i would argue that that's five percent of it yeah but i mean once you do it for a while and you have data to look back on like we know like in june we have to start adding 15 20 percent more of you know yeast nutrient or oxygenate oxygenate it more and, and stuff like that. So you can look back on past data and try to You back testing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And so I think there is, you know, there's a scientific method to it where you're you're you have a hypothesis. My hypothesis is that this is gonna be a pain in the ass to ferment and you you have a test and then you have a conclusion. How how accurate would you say your hypothesis is on average? I would say our hypothesis is 90 in the 90s. That's like high. We D- Dave is a for whiz. a cider maker, that's high. And we we've invested in in better equipment, lab lab equipment um and yeah, we we have we have a good system. Now. So I have a question. Um kind of to for both of you guys and as far as a recipe versus an art and a science, it would seem like to me the consumer would enjoy something that's more consistent than not. Like, I know what this is. I know what this tastes like. I want to keep coming back to this. I want to keep tasting the same thing. Where it seems like a lot of time in cider making, it's this is this batch. Either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. But with beer, it's like I know what my... Uh, label X beer tastes like. I know what my label A beer tastes like. 
cider when I come and I show up and I buy that. And, and I'm telling my friends, oh, this has hints of this and hints of that. And then I give it to them and it's not doing that exact same thing that it did for me. I'm kind of embarrassed or disappointed by that. So that you say be the case? Would, would you say that be, would be the case? With some things. So, like, so I think maybe at Right B we have two sides of this coin, right? We have the art here, like our barrel-aged stuff. Um, Which is in the 750 bottle. <laughs> things that we that we play around with. And, yeah, every time you get a barrel-aged cider from us, it could be different. I mean, it could be different from bottle to bottle. I don't know. <laughs> but it is an art, and it, it's, it's unique, and it's special, and everything comes to life when you open that bottle, and, and you're, you know... You may get curve, thrown a curveball, and it may surprise you and delight you. Um, but I would say with our like our mainstays, like our the five SKUs that we can, those are consistent as hell, and you will not well, be surprised. Speaking of that, let's get into that. Yes, but 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 I I think that that you're hinting around a point that you didn't even know that you were making. Uh oh. And that's something I do in my cider training is that the presentation and the bottle and the, the way that you actually store your cider is indicative of what the cider maker is trying to present. And with putting it in a 750 milliliter bottle means that this is a special thing. This is something that's going to be shared or something that could be cellared, something that could change from each batch to each batch. When you're putting it in a 12 ounce can, you're more or less saying this is the thing that you can take home. This is the consistency. This is it's it's a different view, and this came through the craft beer movement of just yeah we want no those we stats. want we that. want that we want that. So when you put it in a yes. 12 perfect, when you put this in a 12 ounce can in a six pack, you're looking for consistency. If I pick up a 750 bottle, which is my duty and every one of you listeners out there duty to drink the 750 bottles because the more we drink of the 750s and the more weird ass awesome amazing experimental cider that we do and drink the more they produce it so please bring out a 750 and please buy it it's basically a saving single serving and but but the the bottle is going to tell you that this is if you look at this sev this means something different than this yes Absolutely. This means more special, more different, more batch to batch, more year to year. This means more consistent. Yep. I'm with it. So let's get into this next one, the consistency. We have a can that Charlie brought us here. It's right B cider. Rose hard apple cider with current rose hip hibiscus and raisin. It's a limited release, though. So y'all better get out there and get to getting it. Um, I'm going to read the rest of the can while we're here. Um, Chicago's original. Boy meets girl. Boy makes cider to woo girl. Now he's right beside her. Right be cider. What started as a romantic gesture grew into Chicago's original cidery, owned and operated by a local husband and wife team. Small business, small batches, and a ton of love sent your way with every sip. Ooh, who made that copy up for you? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to credit my wife, Katie. Oh, yeah, she Again, is, shout out to Katie. She is um, a genius. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> she, I she would tell you that, too. 
<laughs> this is like what I'm into is writing things like that, and that is pretty good. Um, we have it. The apple is on one side of the dry side. Our rosé is bright, similar dry cider with a magnificent medley of hibiscus, rosehip, currant, and a drop of honey from our very own beehives. It's a beautiful blush hue. It's I'm sorry. It's beautiful blush. Hue and lively aroma are a delight for the senses. Unfiltered sediment may occur, gluten-free, 6% alcohol by volume. This is a 12-ounce can, and, yep, we read everything around there. So, Sev, you like this? I haven't tasted it yet. Oh. I like the can. I like the I story. mean, the can is brilliant. I, I, like the, I like the copy. That's that's what I like the most. Um, it, It's bread. So you Yours see, doesn't look like mine. I got the bottom. Oh, because yeah. you got the bottom. Now we got to open it up. So you said it yourself. Sediment It says it told us. <laughs> it did tell us. It but basically told you us. You know what? Take a picture of that because that's something. How to do it. That's something that needs to be seen. Just because we didn't listen doesn't mean that they didn't tell us. Because I poured off the top and then I poured the rest. I was initially going to like just take the whole can. But um, can you put the can right there? thing about it is is it didn't there we go perfect one is light one is dark and so now i have to taste the entire thing to see how it tastes cheers cheers Mm. can i taste yours yeah i want a third poke on monday so excited Okay, so here's the thing. Oh, yeah. I want it. Nah, because then I sound like a hater. I wanted to have the opportunity to say, I don't like rose. And you said, not until you taste this one. You're absolutely right. This one is pretty good. I can't, I can't say anything bad about it. You can is, if you want to. No, I'm trying to, but oh, trust me, he will. <laughs> it, it just it's just not it's not as bad as the other ones that I've had. Um, hey, I'm, I'll take it. I'm just not a I'm not a rose fan. But if someone gave me this and said, "Here, drink this. This will change your mind," I would be on their side for seeing how it would change. You'd my be mind. right beside him. Her. <laughs> Er, <laughs> er. So, what are your uh, tasting notes? Well, it tastes really fresh. It tastes, it tastes more like spring. It tastes like a season to me. Um, I definitely get the flowers in it at the front. Um, I haven't let it sit long enough to get anything at the back, but I get the I get the bouquet at the front. It smells really nice. It looks really nice. I would take this over, um, what's that, Rosé? Moet. I would take this over a champagne all day and all night. This is this is pretty tasty. I would actually buy this in real life. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Right there. That's, I mean, that's the goal, right? I think yeah. so. And yeah. like I said, I've had ro- Rosés on here. Like, here, taste this. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is <laughs> terrible. But this well, is it's not. got good body. It's got very great aromatics. 
It has yeah. a lot of complexity in the mouth. And I think this would pair really well with food. Yes, I agree. What kind um, of food what kind of food would you pair with this? What have you learned from the from the wine pairing episode? Oh no, we got a test. Open book, open bottle. Um butter and butter and rose was terrible. Yeah. So I wouldn't want anything buttery like lobster, crab, or anything like what that. What about some like jerk goat? Oh, that might be great. I think this would probably be great with some Caribbean Cur- food with the curry. with the raisin in it. Yeah, with some curry. Oh, I do get the I do get the raisin a little bit. Um, I think this would pair really well with some Caribbean food. Yeah, I agree. Especially with some heat, with that extra body, with that extra sweetness. Yeah. Mm, now you're making me hungry. Mm-hmm. I gotta go somewhere when we leave here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlie, what do you feel about the the rosé? Uh, well, I, this is, this rosé and the blossom are two of my favorites. Um, the reason being that they fall pretty much right smack dab in the middle of, like, our sweetness spectrum at Rapey Cider. So, the dry, while I like it very much, it's bone dry, and our, uh, Clementine or semi-dry are definitely a little sweeter. Um, so this one provides perfect balance for me. So I think the balance is probably one of the things that I like the most. And then, you know, it's just like if you're drinking like a Pilsner lagers all the time or if you're just drinking like dry or semi-dry ciders all the time, just having a little bit of complexity, a little bit of something else in there, just the, the floral qualities, the little bit of fruitiness to it. Um, just a change of pace. That's kind of what I like about it. It's just a change of pace. Yeah, I was drinking the Blossom the other night. We were at uh, Metal Horror Bingo Yes. at Kite String. Shout out to Kite String, which pretty much happens on every podcast. Uh, and um, we were drinking the Blossom, which was absolutely delicious, and watching Candyman. Yeah. Because bees. And the old one. The, the, the old, old one. one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't see the new one, so. I haven't either. Yeah. Because but of bees in Chicago. It was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up winning. And our table actually ended up winning four of the rounds of the six. And Charlie was at our table, so it was pretty controversial. But yeah, everybody was looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> they were just like, good cards. I can't, yeah, bingo. I, I mean, I didn't make the cards. No, but uh, so I won a six-pack of the Clementine, which we don't have here tonight, but... Thoroughly enjoyed that on the stoop. That was perfect stoop cider hangs. And it's about the same sweetness. Okay. Which I just adore it. It's it's a sweetness level that is appropriate for folks that aren't ready for dry cider. And let me tell you, most folks are not ready for dry cider. But it's not overwhelming. It's not hit you over the head. It actually lets every component that's in there express itself and just gives you enough aromatics to to make it enjoyable and pleasurable but it's not offensive i I love it yeah i try to explain like i when people come into the tap room i explain you know this is our driest this is our sweetest but the spectrum is very narrow like even with our clementine even though that's technically the sweetest one that we can it still has that acidity it still has a tartness to it so it's not gonna 
completely overwhelm your palate with, you know, that cloyingly sweet flavor. Um, so, yeah, thank you for for that. Yeah, thank so. you. And I just love the scale that you give. any Anything on a can that is more transparent, uh, they give a scale from dry to sweet, and they put a little apple in on the hashtags. I, this is Seth's job, not mine. No, I said that. Oh, great. Yep. Yeah. It's all good. But I love, I love that you lay it out. It's important. Yes, it's, it's, it's quite delicious. I like it. I've already finished mine, so now <laughs> that, that means quick. I'm ready for the next one. Yeah, that's fair, but you're going to have to tell me about this one. Uh, so you're from Chicago. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Saganash, which is on the northwest side of the city. Um, um, it's about as far... No, it's not about. It is as far northwest as you can go without technically going outside of the city limits. So Peterson and Cicero, if anyone knows where Alarmist Brewing Company is, they opened a brewery in my my old stomping grounds. Um, It's just like an old Irish Catholic firefighter police officer neighborhood on the northwest side. Um, And when did you move to Logan Square? um, We moved there about five years ago. Um, but you know, we, so not too long after we moved back to Chicago, uh, from Columbus. And what made you decide to go to Logan Square? Is that where, so the cidery is on Costner. (laughs) What neighborhood is that in? Well, it's Hermosa and technically we're in Logan Square, but we're on the far west side of Logan Square. And I will just say that most of the decisions that Katie and I have made in the last seven years revolve around the cidery. So the reason we live in Logan Square is because I can walk to work if I need to. Um, It's a 20-minute walk, it's a seven-minute bike ride, and it's an eight-minute car ride from from where we live. So it's super close, and, you know, if I ever, you know, we don't sleep much lately, and uh, if I ever walk out the door with something... You have a new baby, Yeah. Yeah, well, she's not that new anymore. She's a year and a half, but oh, no, it's still new. It's pretty new, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, if I ever forget anything, which I do frequently, I can always run back home and grab it or stop home for lunch or something like that. So it's it's convenient. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the reason we live in Logan Square. It's, it's close to the cidery. Yeah, I mean that's the name of the game in Chicago, right? Is to, to be close to where you work and oh to never leave your neighborhood. And <laughs> well, well, no, it's not never leave your neighborhood. <laughs> but, but the thing about it is if you have the ability to live and work close to where you're at and then go explore and do everything else on your time off, then that's the bee's knees. It really is. And it also just lets you have more love for the neighborhood that you're in. Yeah, absolutely. Get and back and... Yeah, I mean, and especially now, like, when we moved to Logan Square, we didn't have kids, but now we do, and, you know, if I get, if I got off work late, and then I had to sit in traffic for an hour to get home, Ugh. and, you know, that's, like, an hour, hour and a half that right, I can't spend I, with my, with my family, so That's it's, what I hear all the time, is it, I've never been anywhere that takes you an hour and a half to get 12 miles, <laughs> and, well, you ain't been to Chicago yet, but that's kind of how it goes. Or San Francisco. <laughs> Bay Area in general. I haven't been there yet. It's worse. So it's know. worse than us. Okay. So, I'm yeah. with it. All right. So next cider is? This is the Muzzle of Bees. So Muzzle of Bees is the name of a Wilco song. 
Wilco is one of the staple music selections at Right Beesider. Um, and uh, yeah, this was the result of a late night email to Wilco from me. I was sitting at the tap room. We were just about to close and there was nobody in there. And I was, this song came on and I was like, oh, you know what we should do? We should write, we should, we should do a cider and it should be called Muzzle of Bees and we'll use the honey from our rooftop in it and we'll get Wilco to do a collaboration with us and we'll, we'll give half the, the revenue to our beekeepers for our beekeeping operation and everything. And uh, who's Wilco? So Wilco is a local Chicago band. They're world renowned at this point. Um, they've been around for quite a while. They're a, they're like an indie band. Oh. Um, Do you know Wilco? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. Either. I don't. I've never. Yeah. I don't. I, 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 don't. I, I was. I was trying to <laughs> keep my ignorance to myself. I will be the sev in okay. this situation. <laughs> okay. I feel comfortable being the sev in this situation. Yeah. I have no idea. I've never heard any. Well, you're going to see him everywhere now. So. Um, yeah, they're, they're, I, I bet I will. They're awesome. Is it a person or is it a band? It's a band. Okay. The, 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 uh, the lead guitarist, main songwriter for the band, his name is Jeff Tweedy. And, um, and they do a great job. Amazing band. And now, I have heard of them. I just haven't, I couldn't name a song. I have no idea. No. Um, well, Muzzle Bees is the name of That's one where of their I'm going to start. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go home tonight. My homework <laughs> is I'm going to go home and I'm going to listen to Muzzle Bees. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I sent them this email at probably 9, 9.30 at night or something like that. Pretty much expecting never to hear back from them. And the next morning I woke up and like rubbed the sleep out of my eyes and looked at my email and sure enough, I had an email back and it said, not only can you use the name of that song, but we will help design the label for you. Wow. So one of their freelance artists, uh, her name's Bridget Pearson. She designed the label for us and we made the cider and I was like, can we put something like Wilco collab? And he's like, how about Wilco approved? And I was like, that's even better. So it's Wilco approved, muzzled bees. And we do give actually um, half the revenue that we sell it for an arm and a leg, but it's worth it, I think. And uh, half the revenue goes to our beekeepers, and it's how we help sustain our our apiary on the roof of our uh, cidery. So I gotta describe the label. It's, it's a twelve ounce bottle, six percent alcohol by volume. Muzzle the bees, hard apple cider with honey and elderflower. Will co-approved, just like we talked about. Has the Chicago skyline, both buildings with the spires on there, with a bunch of big bees behind them. Looks pretty dope. Shout out to bees. Um, made by hand in the heart of Chicago, with the state of Illinois in the middle. I like that a lot. Um, and the ingredients just gives us a quick list. I'm going to give that out because it's the secret. You got to go pick up the bottle and buy it to find it out. But pretty much, it's a pretty cool bottle. It, Thanks. The uh, artwork yeah, on awesome. there is super dope. I love it. Um, when you first set it down, I'm like, it, that just goes together. It looks, it, it's beautiful. So right beside her, oh, y'all cheated. Y'all told them what it was at the top with the crescent. But oh, yeah. right B. Cider. Yeah. Chicago's original. And you got to spell it out for some people, myself included. <laughs> you know, I want to keep stuff like close to the chest. I got another company. I'm like, I don't want to tell anybody what the 
name really means makes people want to know and get closer to me. But hey, why not? Let them know. Ain't no secrets here. Yeah. Um. I want tasting notes from yourself. Okay. Well, cheers, 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 cheers. Oh my god! I know you love it. That's I'm, why I was asking for tasting notes. I'm taking this. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'll be taking that with me. That is. No, he literally just jacked that bottle. <laughs> the bottle is nowhere to be seen at this that point. That is amazing. Oh my god! And why? I get everything out of it. Everything you say, I get the. Elderflower, I get the honey, I get the apple, I get that it's a cider. It's just right sweet. It is. I we get, might not be able to bring another cider in here. Because, I mean, ooh. y'all done just, you done just served up three phenomenal Chicago-based ciders. It's going to be very hard to. Do you get spice get drops? Yes. Like this anise yes. quality from the honey? Yes, I do. This mm-hmm. this is Yeah, with this one it was like I mean wow. the, the other ones we we you know we very meticulously balance things out and we're like, this one if it's called muzzled bees, we're gonna beat you over the head with honey. And uh yeah, it, it definitely comes through on this one. That tastes like the good part of medicine. Like <laughs> No, I can't no, right? I, I, Oh I want I want <laughs> Take, take some medicine, you know, it's, it's mixed with honey and everything else. That is wow. I I love that. Is this at the store or is this no, only? No, it's only at the tap yeah, room. Yeah, how do we buy this? You only get it from the tap room. Um, we did put a couple cases out in distro to, like, the smaller shops, like Bottles and Cans and Bitter Pops, um, Beer on the Wall. Uh, but other than that, we held everything back. And... We are at the crossroads now where we have to do another batch of it because it's harvest time, baby. Oh, God, don't remind me. So we are going to be pulling hundreds and hundreds of pounds of honey off of our rooftop, and we have to decide how much of that's going into another batch of muzzle. And this time we'll be able to can it because we have a canning machine now. And you served these up the exact right way. Like, they just paired so well together. I am kind of mad at you. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not even going to lie. He's so happy. He's angry. Yes, I am kind of mad at you because that is. Phenomenal. But just to be clear, the orchards aren't angry. Just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. And neither are the bees. That's a. um. They're actually very happy. That's a cider joke, right? It was. Oh, okay. It went over my head. like, yeah. Yeah. But I knew what you was talking about. Kind of like Wilco. Mm. I heard of him, and I heard the joke. I just didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> but I'm going to go uh, home, and I'm going to listen to Wilco. I'm going to listen to... Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, hey, cider's yeah. not for everybody. Wilco's not for everybody, but, you know, it might be for you. You never know. I This cider here is for life. <laughs> get everybody. Maybe this... I, I message Wilco and say, hey... Would yeah. you mind if we used your music in this podcast? I, I was thinking the same thing, but they'd probably the say time, yes. They're very nice guys. I'm just thinking about how delicious this is. This no, is, this is really excellent. Thank you. Yeah, yeah well done. Thanks. Yeah, it was a. It took a lot of uh, experimentation to get there. We, we. It was interesting because 
I don't want to give all the secrets away, but you know, elderflower. If you, you know, was it American elderflower or was it European elderflower? Because those are very different. <laughs> oh my God! Here comes bougie girl. Oh, I'm so. No, you can call me bougie. It's I okay. wasn't supposed to say. No, that. I've, I've I've come over the other side of bougie. Actually, I needed to follow up with you on that. Okay. I'm gonna be honest with I'm you. I'm on the other side of bougie. I've embraced it now. I've been called bougie enough, and Ooh. I know that that's a you problem and not a me problem. That you can call me bougie. I'm just looking at the honey in the bottom of this glass floating around. He's obsessed. I'm trying to figure out how to can get Can we it. talk about the difference between American elderflower and European elderflower? You very, you possibly can. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you going to say about the elderflower? Uh, I was just saying that it it's, it's not something that you can just throw in the tank and it's going to pick up that elderflower flavor. You have to, um, you know, in our case... We had to painstakingly heat up pounds and pounds of elderflower in a very small uh, kettle with cider and put it in little bit by little bit all day long until we got to where we need. It was, this is the most cost inefficient cider in the world to make. I mean, which when you're looking at cost efficiency, you're looking at what the cost of the products that you're bringing in is easy. You're looking at the uh, labor in amount of time, easy. But the part and that art that I'm going to beg to come back to with cider is that there's a balance between the two that you can't actually calculate quite enough. And you don't know what the balance of the two is going to be in order to execute. And then it comes to blending, which is based on labor, but also you don't know how to predict what kind of amounts you need to blend of, of different things. So I have a question. Uh, so when you're making all of these different iterations, the, the Clementine, the Rosé, the, the muzzle, anything that you're doing, uh, how, what's your blending process? Do you, do you ferment to dry and then blend in or do you uh, co-ferment? No, we, we ferment dry and then we blend. So, um, Everything is started starts out as the same. We basically make one base cider, and then we have a separate set of tanks that we move over. They're smaller tanks, and we move the cider over into those tanks, and then we blend in the different ingredients. So, uh, for the rosé, for instance, we we move over say 15 barrels of of dry base cider, and then we. Um, we have a small brink. We actually just got a new piece of equipment. It's pretty cool. Oh, it's, it's an infusion tank. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a fifty gallon tank, and it has like a filter screen in the middle of it, and you can just. It's so like a giant tea infuser. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. We just got it yesterday, and brings on. Oh, that's really exciting. Um, but what we're doing now is we have a keg with like a four inch port on the top and a, a small outlet on the bottom, and we take mesh bags and we dump the ingredients in there tie it off put it in there uh, purge everything and then we recirculate the base cider through the ingredients for like three or four hours until it oh, gets cool so it's a constant flow yeah and it passes through the ingredients and infuses into the tank and then once it gets to the color and the flavor we, we're pulling samples every you know so often and once it gets to the point where it's ready then we cut that pump push the rest of the ingredients in there and then we we uh, um, venturi uh, cider or honey into the the tank. So that's way more efficient than any other method. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we've made the mistake of dumping hundreds of pounds of blueberries into our tank. We've made the mistake of dumping stuff into our tank and then having the nightmare of cleaning it out and trying to figure all that out. But if we can get the same effect in just a few hours by, by passing it through uh, essentially a, a filter full of ingredients. Then yeah, it's kind of like a dry London gin, right? Sure. A dry London gin, you have to... Uh, so the law for dry London gin is that it has to pass through a basket with the botanicals in the basket for the same amount of time through the entire time. That's exactly what we're doing. That's awesome. Yeah, and we do that for all of our, like, flavored options. And then, um, yeah, the dry just stays dry, and and we just carbonate it and package it. And so that's that's how we make our cider. Oh, man. So, Sev, I've got some photos. Uh, me and Charlie were texting the other night, and the last time we texted was 2015. Ooh. And what we were texting were photos of apples. shocker and yeah these apples so we went out harvesting i didn't know what i was getting myself into so me and cider brian uh brian rudson who has been on this podcast before i think episode four maybe uh we took charlie out to go harvest urban trees would you like to tell your encounter (laughs) of this because i remember this distinctly yeah so that was seven years ago I I guess so. Yeah, I guess it was like right when we were getting started, and you know, at the time, I obviously I know a lot about fermentation, and I know a lot about the business, but I I didn't know a lot about apples and apple varietals, and uh, you and Brian know pretty much everything there is to know about that. <laughs> I mean, oh, no, not I um, don't give us that credit. We can't fit our heads through the door if you give us that credit. All right. Well, you know more than I do, and way uh, more than me. So, uh, so Am- so Ambrosia and Brian invited me to spend a day with them, and you know, just immerse immerse ourselves in in cider and everything cider, and get so. attacked by squirrels that were throwing <laughs> crab apples at our heads. Yeah. So the idea was that we were going to go apple picking and pear picking. Uh, that was. Was it a pear tree? It was a pear okay. tree. So I, I brought, we, Katie and I, this is another story for another time, but we bought a little yellow pickup truck off of Craigslist. And so I had my little yellow pickup truck, and that's part of the story of Ripey Cider. We started by loading kegs in the back of this pickup truck and driving them around the city. Mm-hmm. And so I showed up the pickup truck, and I was like, Sounds like we're going to get a lot of apples and a lot of pears. Because <laughs> no Brian was idea. like, I know this pear tree, it's out in Bumble. It's like, <laughs> like Lombard or something, and and I'm telling you, last year I went out there, and if the apples weren't up to your knees, they were so, up to your chin. So and apples are apples are biannuals, just FYI. Apples so, are every other year. And so, by golly, we went out to Lombard, and we were gonna we were gonna we were gonna get these pears, and there was gonna be a plethora of them, and we were gonna. Fill that pickup truck full of pears. Pears also don't drop until they ripen, which is why pears are a pain in the dick and why nobody does a parry except like Tom Oliver because the pears are a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they, uh, apparently they are the things of dreams because there were no pairs. <laughs> Well, and they only too, you said not just and they you only exist in, I like that. They only exist in this fantasy world where apples are just just in Worcestershire. It's, yeah, it's fine. So yeah, we drove out there and it was it was pretty pretty sad. We were, but we picked a fuck ton of crab apples yeah. that day. So yeah, so we made our way back to the city and we went to Wells Park and laid out. Don't pull up our spot to. Wilsonshire Park. <laughs> there are lots of apple trees in the city. Thank you, 1970. And yeah. there are plenty of apple trees in the city, but don't go scoping out our apples. Yeah. Because I've been watching these trees for eight years now. And yeah, sorry. Ambrosia. I'm super invested. It's okay. They got they got cedar That wasn't last in year. the questionnaire they beforehand. Got you got to give me a warning if you don't want me to talk about They got cedar last year. I, I'm sorry to hear that. Anyway, um, we picked anyway, all these apples. We got a ton of apples, crab apples, which don't have a lot of juice in them. Brian came by the side of me with his little press, which I just gave back to him like six months ago, by the way. <laughs> it's his fault. He didn't come pick it up. That sounds and, about Brian. And uh, we got like two gallons. I was going to say, would you get like a gallon out of all the apples that we picked for like 10 hours? It was and Brian's like, I'll ferment it, and we'll see how it tastes, and nothing really came of it. Yeah. But that's how friendships are formed. It is. Going into the trees. Through trauma. Picking the apples. <laughs> trauma I would not call apples. this trauma. Maybe for the squirrels, because we were stealing their fruit. But yeah, that's why they was throwing crab apples at your head. Yeah, yeah but but that day was amazing. We had a Ooh. wonderful day. It was. Ooh, you I thought gotta, you were going to come here and learn about cider, brain. but you... You, you learn about friendship instead. You do, because we're cider friends. I'm going to save my joke till later. <laughs> I'll just keep talking about cider friends. If you really want to know what it is, you should hit up the show. <laughs> You're going to withhold? Yes, I'm not going to tell this joke. <laughs> You're going to forget it. No, I'm not going to forget it. <laughs> you better You're not going to forget right it now. either, because I'm going to tell it after. Um, but cider gone. friends are literally the best friends. Cider friends are the most important thing in my life. And I... I I know, Sev, that you know this. Sev was with me when I went to my first cider summit. Yes. Sev bought me my first cider book. Yes. I love my cider friends. And, and, and cider friends have gotten me where I am today. And cider friends are what carry me through the day. And I don't think we'd be anywhere without bees, and cider friends. Yeah, they said the world's gonna go extinct without bees, so better get these Tesla robot bees out here. <laughs> start well, you doing their job. You can't have apples without bees, right? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff you can't have yeah. without bees. Honey, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, with all that said, and tasting this amazing lineup from Ripey Cider, I, I would like to turn it over to you, Charlie. Do you have anything that you would like to add about? Bees, about cider, about apples, about Anything we didn't pick sports. your brain about sports. Ooh, about yeah. Chicago. Seth loves sports, so I, I try. Sports. Chicago, sports ball. I think, yeah, there's like a team that's going into like some important shit. Yeah, it's important time in baseball. <sighs> but they're not doing But you're from good. the north side. Yeah. That doesn't My, mean that you can't be a south side <laughs> fan. To me, it does. You're not even from <laughs> Chicago, so you need to calm down. I had WGN. My dad grew up in 
uh, just outside of St. Louis, and he tried with all of his heart to steer my sister and I in the right direction and, and indoctrinate us, if not in St. Louis Cardinals uh, baseball, at least in Chicago Weight Sox baseball, and he failed. I went to... Uh, uh, but I know I'm. I'm, I'm I went I to the. Oh, we need my to take fourth a picture game. Of all these faces I'm making. <laughs> my fourth game. game of the season, I went and saw the Cubs in St. Louis play, and I didn't know that there was a rivalry or rivalry or whatever. Um, and in the last inning, St. Louis was like, home run, home run, home run, home run, home run, and I'm laughing my ass off because I don't care. And why am I at a Cubs game for the fourth time? And why do I have a hookup on wine at the Cubs? game i don't know it was a very bizarre situation and uh the one thing that i learned though is that st louis is a hundred percent taking drugs and i'm here for it (laughs) they're doping and i'm here for it whatever they're doing is working i'm here um but no cider maybe maybe it's cider maybe it is maybe Um, it's honey maybe it's a spoonful of honey i'm not gonna make any accusations about any teams out here i just did but I not me. Spoonful of honey. St. Louis has taken a spoonful of honey. And that's yeah. why they were able to smash five home runs in the last inning. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't really have any I mean, I, I do wanna say that I appreciate you guys having me out here. Um it's an honor. I mean um and if I could just plug our tap room and ask people to come out and see us. I mean, usually uh, Katie and I are in there. So if you want to come by, say hi, try some cider. Uh, We're in the old Schwinn bike manufacturing building. So it's a really cool old building. Um, We haven't even had a chance to talk about bikes. Yeah. That's another podcast. It sounds like we're going to have to have you back on. I'd be happy to come back. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, the cider is really accessible, so, you know, we can poke our heads in. I can show you where the, the sausage is made, as they say. And, yeah, so I'd love to just say that. I'd love to, if anybody's listening, please come see me and come visit us and and learn more about cider and what we do at Right Be Cider. Let so, me ask you amen a to that. question. Um, I know we're cider-specific on this particular podcast, but you came from a brewery background. And I know you got into cider for the love of your life. But do you have any, like, background secret brews that you're still making up or anything like that? I The last time I brewed was a couple years ago. One of my buddies wanted to make an Oktoberfest for his spooky halloween party and so we did and it turned out nicely um i do like classic german styles and over the course of my brewing career uh specifically while i was in columbus i had to come up with like a hundred different recipes like literally a hundred different recipes because it was part brewery part they had a brew on premise um, aspect to it so people could come in and brew their own beers and they had to have like 50 different recipes to choose from um, so I, I've made just about every style there is, um, but I do tend to like those German, classic German lager styles. Speaking of German classic lager style, Metropolitan is right near the recording studio. Uh, Fire and Iron, awesome production 
facility, Metropolitan Brewing, is literally across the street, and they not only have amazing German styles of beer, but they also have ripe bee cider on tap. They sure do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they sure do. I often go get ripe bee right before I come to this podcast, <laughs> every time we record. You've been holding out on me. You know. I have an idea. That's another thing for after this podcast. With that being said, I'm angry now. We're ending this podcast. Charlie, you're the guest. Um, do you have anything else that you'd like to portray? You, you pretty much did say yeah. everything that you had to say. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you so this has much. Been awesome. Your story is awesome. Your cider is awesome. This is one of uh, Sev's top tens. Yeah, everything was great from top to He's the bottom. He's tasted cider, beer, wine. Spirits, non-alcoholic, everything that you can imagine I've put in his mouth, and <laughs> he loves this one. No, I meant yeah, it. I one. meant it. Yeah. yeah you're him. welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And he loved this one. Thank you. From Thank top you. to bottom. So I'd... it was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So with that being said, what do you think we should what libations should we dive into next? Please comment, ask questions, anything at all. You can reach us at designated drinkers podcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at the designated drinkers podcast. We're on Twitter at drinkers podcast. We're on Facebook. Finally at the OGDD. The I'm going to follow drinkers. you on Facebook right now. Okay. Right. Yeah. I like that. I need all the followers I can get. And visit our website at designateddrinkerspodcast.com for photos of what all we did today. We had we hung out. We had booze. Well, we didn't have booze, but we had a bunch of cider. We had a good time, and we all got a chance to talk and meet And in Chicago. And in Chicago. You know Chicago what? love is real we here tonight. We didn't hit that. Enough, but you know what? I feel like I have another idea for another podcast for Uh-oh. another time. Uh oh! But stay tuned, folks. Exactly, y'all got to come back and see what we got. But the Chicago up. love is real, and I truly appreciate having Chicago cider here represented because we are the best cider town in the fucking world. It's here. Let's it's have here. Seattle come through and and see what they got to say about that. <laughs> Uh, yes, I, uh, I love it. Uh, the, gaunt- the gauntlet has been thrown. Come at me, Seattle. We challenge you to a duel. Right now. I just wish I had some leather gloves in my hand so I could smack one of you in the face. Oh, I just saw him. You've got leather gloves in your hand. Okay, it's a podcast. It's radio. We got, we we got, we got, it's not radio, it's a podcast. <laughs> we got everything we need. Just, to, just use your brains. Uh, cheers, everyone. Cheers. <laughs>